on this week's show. Continuing their good form with yet another win, Dartford winger Luke Coulson tells us all about the songs that get Dartford going after victory at Chessons. Don't You Want Me Alan seems to be a, seems to be a keen favourite. Everyone enjoys singing, so oh, we'll keep on singing that and banging the walls every time we win. And a new man at Canterbury City, Dan Lawrence, tells us about the challenges the club are facing as they try to stay in the Scaffold Premier Division. It's going to be difficult for the club to build until they are back in Canterbury and can start you know, building that following again and start gaining some traction. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. Uh, we've just got the two interviews for you this week, but we've got lots and lots to talk about after a huge, huge week in Kent football. Uh, I'm John Phipps, you made a massive schoolboy error yesterday by forgetting headphones for a train journey. And on the line now is the Chessant Massive. It's Matt Gerrard. How are you, my friend? Not bad, mate. Not bad at all. So, um, I didn't go to football yesterday in day one, so that's a bonus. So, uh Maybe I shouldn't go a bit more often. Yeah, and, and the Chesham question, um, it's a bit of a sad story, that one about... It the, is. Um, it's Troy Townsend's brother, who was, I think it's Curtis, who was um, killed in a car crash, travelling to a game when he played for Chesham. And Troy Townsend used to be the um, assistant manager at Dover, and, and the stand was there. I was quite impressed with the facilities at Chesham, to be honest. So uh, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, sad story, but it's uh, Curtis Townsend was the, the stand we sat in, in the pouring rain at Chesham on Saturday. Yes, brother of Andros Townsend yeah. uh, is the uh, is, is the key uh, point that I made there. Um, yes, well, do you know what, Matt? I'm I'm just happy at the moment because it's not raining for a change. Uh, yeah, it's quite nice here. I'm working from home today, so um, it's quite nice. And I don't know what it's supposed to um, be night for the rest of the week. I thought it was supposed to rain for the rest of the week, but it's quite pleasant in uh, in sunny Broadstairs here. Yeah, have you been out and about then in the rain in the last few days? Well, I'm always going out and about somewhere, aren't I? But yeah, it's been uh, I've had a it's been OK, actually. Been, it was very blowy here at the weekend. Um, so went down to the seafront a couple of times, and, and uh, but it was very, very windy. Um, and then yesterday I had to go up to London, so I uh, had the joys of a nice drive up to, to Tunbridge Wells in the wet. Was the trains um, dry yesterday? No, trains were fine yesterday. So, oh, right. um, so yeah, so I drive to Tunbridge Wells and then park up there and then get the train from there because it's much easier uh, and cheaper to do it that way. So, uh, yeah, so that was and that. That was my that headphones. Have yeah. you got... My daughter, I, I, when I, I use my daughter's one, she's got one of the I, the Apple ones. If you have Apple ones or if you've gone for a Snidey one, because I am looking for a Snidey player that's considerably cheaper than the um, uh, the Apple ones. See, now I'm, um, I use Apple ones, but I still use the uh, the ones with the wire rather than oh, the, fancy okay, Dan, yeah. the fancy Dan AirPod whatevers. But yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm not paying that money for them. Um, no, and actually, funny enough, I was I was just looking for them a minute ago and I can't actually find them. So uh, I'm a little concerned about the whereabouts of my headphones. They may well be in a jeans pocket somewhere. And what what um, do you listen to on the on the train? Just spot, Spotify, a bit of music. Sometimes listen to podcasts, but anything to uh, take away the mundanity of um, hearing see it say it sorted four times a journey. Do, do you do you pay for Spotify? Yes. So I've got the premium. Yes. Yeah, because I used to, we, I, I use Amazon, my basic here, and they've changed it all around now. So you actually can't, you can have loads of music in your playlists, but they don't pl- let you to play it. I think they're asking for more money and I can't be bothered to do that. It's just annoying. So you might want to listen to a song that says, oh, we're not going to play that song. We'll play you something that might be similar to that song. Because they want yeah. to play, which is going uh, uh, online. People are up in arms about this. Amazon back in the day, annoying. it's annoying. It is annoying. Because yeah. like when I'm um, 
at Fee's house, we listen to um, music on Alexa. Um, oh. Other smart speakers are available, of course. Um, and when I'm here, I ask it to play music from Spotify. And if I'm there, it plays automatically from Amazon Music. Um, and like you ask for a band, you ask it to play or play songs by Nothing But Thieves or something like that. And then it'll play one song by them and then it'll start playing other other artists because they're similar. Yeah. It's like, if I want to listen to one band, I will listen to one band. I've never band heard of them either, Nothing Like Thieves. They're one of Fee's, um, Fee's favourites, actually. They're, they're good. They're, they've got a few decent songs. You should look them up. It's too rocky for me. Possibly. Uh, it's our 241st episode this week and funny enough actually we're talking about music once i would waded through all the special offers and pizza and stuff in my google search i discovered songs by loads of artists so i've listened to nearly all of these this morning river mayor real big fish chinatown lights and walkie uh, for me the best of them was chinatown lights but given it was released five years ago and their two songs had a total of about 14,000 listens on spotify uh, I'm assuming it didn't work out for the Stratford-based band. Uh, a, sh- a shame, actually, because the song was all right. Uh, Wocky was a load of crap. Um, and two for one, obviously, the pizza offers were all two for one, two for one, two for one. And, and you know, this is something that's actually an important issue, Matt. Uh, if you live on your own, as I do, two for one offers are the biggest pain in the backside you can imagine. Because you go into the supermarket and it's all... Oh, I, I always The example I always use is apples. Many years ago, they used, I used to go in the supermarket... Um, and they'd be like, apples, buy one, get one free. And I'm like, like a, pa- a bag of apples. And I'm like, I live on my own. I don't need 14 apples to last me a week. I just want one pack of seven. You know, and, and I think that these two for one deals, they seem great on the face of it. But I think they're leading to a lot of food waste. There was there was a bit about this. I thought they were going to change this around, wasn't it? Because, again, I love a bargain, as you know. So I'm always looking at things like that. But I think that did say that they were going to stop all these offers because there was issues that people were throwing stuff away so as there's four people in our house um we do it from there but two for one pizza mate i'll be all over that like a rash yes yeah, so, i mean I've, I've started um occasionally going to a very well-known pizza uh, chain who are known for their prices but normally if you go in you can get a good offer so the 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 one not too far from a place that i visit a lot uh, in the tumbridge wells area uh is um any pizza, any size for 13 quid. Can't go wrong with that, can you? I do love, well, the bigger the better on pizza, but the wife likes Domino's, so we have to go through um, things like that. But that's not too bad when we occasionally have it. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. two for one, particularly on fast food, not that I have it too much, um, is the way forward, I think. And the garlic and herb dip is the best. Uh, anyway, let's get on with the show. I'm going to start with a, a pretty seismic week for Maidstone United. Uh, I suppose we should look at it chronologically. They started by annoying supporters by signing cat abuse filmer Johan Zuma, who then had a stink of a debut with an own goal from 30 yards in the 4-1 defeat at York. Have you seen uh, that goal? No, I haven't seen it, but I'm, I'm guessing from all the reports I've read, it's not bad. It, it's, um, yeah, it basically it passes back to the goalkeeper, but I don't know if he knows the goalkeeper's left or right-footed. And it goes nowhere near it and it goes straight in the back of the net. That's all I what I found it on YouTube just to find out how bad it was. So and if you of course, you being a, a, a cat man, um, you'd be up in arms as well as the majority of most so fans seem to be. Absolutely. I mean, you know, what what them two did was I mean, obviously he wasn't the main protagonist, but he was the one who thought it was hilarious enough to film it. It's it's out of order. I mean, literally, genuinely, and this is true, isn't it, Matt? About two minutes ago, I had to pause the recording of this show because the two idiots that live in this house were growling at each other. 
uh, and I thought there might be a fight. In fact, one of them has now come over to say hello. Um, and I couldn't imagine anything worse than kicking them, and let alone filming it and, and broadcasting it to the world. You know, yeah, yeah. they're yes, they can be a bit annoying at times, but they don't no, do any harm, do they? No, uh, it's an interesting one. Um, will he play? It'd be interesting if he plays again. A after he's had a, apparently had a stinker, and B from that from from a Maidstone point of view, do you think they should have handled that a little bit better? Or it's not a very Maidstone United thing no, to do, no, is no, it? You know, they, they, they've built they've got such a good relationship with their supporters there, and I think that's maybe one where they maybe needed to read the room a little bit better. Anyway, uh, that defeat proved to be the end for Boss Hakan Hiretin, who left by mutual consent on Monday. And then on Tuesday, the club's directors agreed to sell a controlling interest in the club to local businessman Alan Manchett. Uh, I guess, Matt, the last of those is probably the key point. Oliver Ash and Terry Casey have been absolutely brilliant for the club, and the hope will be that Alan can build on their good work. Yeah, and maybe one of the, th- the factors was probably if Alan Manchet clearly is a fan of the club and there seems to be, if you go on social media, which is the norm these days, that a lot of the fans wanted Hacking A Retton out because they thought they were going in one direction. And I presume Mesa want to stay up because there could be a good chance they could have a massive derby next season um, if Gillingham get relegated. So it's absolutely probably crucial for them to see if they can stay up Hakane Retin, um, he could be a little bit of a difficult character to deal with. Um, always seemed confident in his own abilities, but maybe the new chairman said, right, um, to further appease him with the supporters that he's going to come in. I don't know how much money he's got to spend on the club, but um, maybe getting a new manager could be the way forward. Giving it to George Ellicobi this week, he got the trophy. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where they go. But, to Terry Casey and Oliver Ash. Oliver Ash, friend of the show, and I texted him yesterday and you know, said it was a big decision for him. Um, interesting to see how this goes, but Maystone are a big club. I wouldn't have thought they'd be too short on applicants for that job who would be interested in it. So it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Would you give it to George Ellicobi? Not that much experience, very popular with the supporters. Um, we'll have to wait and see. So, uh, yeah. They know from previous experiences, when they sack a manager, they've got to get the right decision because previously they didn't. I think timing-wise, this is the time to do it as well, isn't it? Because they haven't got a league game this weekend and with the best will in the world, it's going to be a struggle for them uh, on Sunday. So if they are looking for a new manager, at least they've got two weeks now to, to before the next league game, before they can now have to start thinking about who it's going to be and, and bringing someone in. So it timing wise it was the, the the ideal time and you know there was a little bit of a debate on twitter i i, I got a little bit involved with it, with a couple of people um on twitter who were saying um there, there was a point of oh he's not been given enough time well do you know what i think he actually has had enough time this season because you know last year they he was close to getting the push last year and and, and somehow survived it and then went on that incredible run but f- for me Hakan Hayretin is a manager, he's a streaky manager, not in terms of he's lucky, but when he's winning, it's hard for him to stop winning. But when he's losing, he finds it hard to to turn it around. And and I think that's ultimately the the be all and end all. There were some other interesting comments on Twitter as well. Uh, plenty of players saying positive things. There was one certainly not saying positive things. I don't know if you saw those ones, Matt, but uh, that's not for no, us to get that? involved in. Uh, Joey Louis, the, the defender, um, 
made a couple of interesting comments. I don't know if they're still. I don't know if they're still there actually. But um, yeah, um, but uh, I don't know. You don't know. It's, it's not for us to get involved. What's going on behind the scenes? No. Um, you know. But as, as you said, there, it can be um, a tricky customer at times, Hakan. But he ultimately got Mason United back into the top flight of non-league football, and that ultimately you will look back and say he did a really good job. And now the job for the new owner is to find the right man to, to take the club forward because I'm guessing he's not come in investing his money and his time to be relegated back to National League South, is he? Well, look at the, the fixtures coming up. They've got Notts County and the trophy on Sunday. Um, you never know. You can really, then they've got Wrexham at home. But after that, the following week, the following game, they've got all the shot at home. And if they're going to, it's a big game because they've played more games than anybody else, mate, so... Um, from there, from what I would say, from an outsider looking in, um, the signings that he made, which may be all down to budget, I didn't think, having watched a lot of the National League over, well, not this season, but the last previous X amount of seasons, they weren't quality signings. I didn't think would be get them where they wanted to do. Well, I thought they would stay up this season, but certain signings haven't really worked out, and he seems to have alienated a couple of players as well. So. They'll move on. Um, massive appointment. I was trying to think of a couple of names. Ben Strevens, I thought, might be interested. Did a good job at Eastleigh. But Maystone, if they're doing well in this division, could get three, three and a half thousand. So there'll be a lot of people interested in that job. So will they go back to Jay Saunders? I think a lot of the supporters would like that. Um, and maybe uh, if they do get relegated, he's the man to bring them back up. But interesting times ahead. You know, George Ellicobi could win. Beat Notts County, beat Wrexham, and away they go. So, yeah, interesting times for them. But they would be, if, if Scunthorpe win their games in hand, be bottom of the league. So, yeah, interesting times, but interesting but exciting times for Maystone United. But surely it must be in the back of their mind that we've got to stay in this division of what the sides could come into it next season as well. Absolutely. it's, uh, it's it, the, the first priority now is, is to stay up and, you know, it'd be interesting to see if there's a transfer kitty or, or, or any sort of budget to, to do things. And, and we will keep a close eye on it uh, over the coming weeks. Um, as Matt said, George Alicobi takes charge of the Stones. First time on Sunday uh, as they travel to Notts County in the FA Trophy. Uh, in the league, Bromley take on Yeovil on Saturday. The game rearranged after the sad passing of Keith Hoare during the early stage of the match last month. Uh, the Ravens were in action on Tuesday night at Wrexham and were ahead due to Louis Dennis' goal, but a shock of a penalty decision helped the FA Cup heroes get level before a deflected winner. Uh, have you seen that penalty call, Matt? I haven't, no. I presume it's on social media, but Wrexham get everything these days. I've seen they've won every single home game. So. I, I, I watched the game. I was uh, oh, yeah? I it on in the office. And, um, I mean, basically what's happened is there's a corner uh, and the Wrexham defender has slipped over as the corner's coming in. Uh, the ball's kind of bounced around the box. The Wrexham defenders stood up and at the same time tried to head the ball. At the same time as Michael Cheek, who's just signed a new contract, incidentally, Michael Cheek turns, he had his back, he, had, he was facing the goal and he turned to hook the ball away and clear it and accidentally kick the, the Wrexham bloke in the head. I mean, it's a shocking penalty decision. There's no malice, no intention. And, you know, if, the, if he'd been in a normal position... You know, then nothing, then that wouldn't have happened. And I, I think Cheek might even got a little bit of the ball as well. It's just a shocking decision. And then the deflected, the deflected second just rubs it, rubs it in, doesn't it? Yeah, I've got a funny feeling everything's going to run through smoothly for Wrexham this season. I think um, they're going to be the team that are going to get promoted. But um, yeah, Bromley again, 
shows what they can do going one and up against Wrexham. They're a good side. Just think they're maybe fighting for, I think the top three are probably, well, I mean, Woking are doing well, but yeah, I think they, they'll be looking on the scuffs of those playoffs. So we get a bit of consistency, um, probably they can they can get going. But again, consistency has been a bit of a problem for them this season. So uh, again, they should be looking to beat Yeovil at home and then go on a bit of a run themselves. Interestingly, Matt, we know we're going to go back on our on ourselves there, but I've just had a message come through um, on Twitter, literally while we were talking about that, um, from a Maidstone United fan saying one name that he keeps hearing linked with the job, and this can tie in with Bromley as well, is Neil Smith. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've heard that from a couple of other people as well. It's doing the rounds. Um, Neil Smith did a fantastic job at Bromley, and we know he did, but having spoken to him on this show, he seems very happy with the project at Cray. Do, do, do you think that that's a, a realistic possibility? I, I, Neil Smith is a man who can galvanise a club, as we saw at Bromley, because he's got that personality. Um, he knows the level, knows players. It, it's it's a good fit, I would say. I don't want him to leave Cray, because when we spoke to him before Christmas, he seemed very happy there running the, get involved in the academy, being in the office nice and early, enjoying it. If Maystone come knocking, um, I think he'd have to think about it. Um, as I say, Maystone United, you get that right, that is a juggernaut of a football club at that level with the crowds they get. And all like, he can galvanise the place, Neil Smith. When we get on to Dover, he's somebody I'd like at Dover just to try and get him really happy again. And I I think he'd think about it. I'd probably think he'd think about it. Good, good, good job that Maystone United. Seems a nice fit. But there's plenty, but as I say, plenty of managers who've managed in the Football League or in the National League will look at that Maystone job because they are an excellent football club. And with a new owner, so you might get some little bit of money, a little bit of excitement as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a good job for somebody. Absolutely. Uh, International League South now. Before our first interview, we have to talk about Dover. Uh, on the show last week, Jim Palmer insisted that Andy Hessenthaler was still the manager he wanted, but he did also say that a week is a long time in football. And so it proved, as a day or so after we released the show, Hessenthaler left the club by mutual consent, consent uh, to go and take up a role in the uh, new regime uh, at Gillingham. Uh, Mitch Brundle and M- Mike Sandman have taken charge and lost 1-0 at Hungford on Saturday, but then won 1-0 at home to Taunton on Tuesday night. I guess, Matt... The two questions are, firstly, how do you feel after last week's news? And who do you think is next for the Crabble hot seat? Um, I think best for both parties, Randy Hessenthaler going. Um, he'll get a job at Gillingham. Clearly, Gillingham have got a bit of investment. He can get involved in that. Maybe some part of it, he had enough of managing after the last been going on the last sort of 18 months, two years. Um, so... So, again, not many Dover fans would be crying too much that he's gone. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, people were happy he went. The supporters were, from a personal point of view, got on really well with Andy S. Tyler, top man, um, wish him all the best at Gillingham. Um, where did Dover go from here? I don't know, depending on how much investment Jim Parminson wants to put into the club. Um, the main asset, I think, they've got the club is Mike Sandman, who's working with Mitch Brundle. Um, I don't know if Mike Sandman would want the job full time because he's got a very good job running the academy. And the academy is one of the best in the county. Um, you've heard new rumours of certain people being interested in the job. I think from a Dover point of view, the most important thing is we're not going to go up this season. Good result against Taunton. I wasn't there last night, but the reports that I got that it was a good performance and 
playing a little bit differently, which a lot of the supporters have been crying out for. The main thing is to David to stay up. Next two games, tough. Absolutely, Saturday haven't followed Saturday at home. So if they win both of them, you've got to give it to the... If Mitch Brundle wants it, give it to them. So hopefully one of these may galvanise Jim Parmenter as well, because he's took a little bit of criticism from the interview last week. And the club, from a professional side of view, you wouldn't have known they had a game yesterday until nothing's got on the social media of the club. They've just got to sort that out a little bit. So, But all in all... I think everybody was, the supporters were happy that Annie Hesitella went because I think he'd done enough what he could to the club and it's better for him to go. Um, we go from there and let's get some enjoyment watching Dave Rathalik if we can win a few games to the end of the season and maybe look at it in the summer. You mentioned how Maidstone's a very attractive proposition. Dover's not quite as attractive, is it, at the moment? Especially, you know, the way we spoke about it last week and how we said, you know, how the club has got this reputation and, and how everything's difficult for them. Uh, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, Dover. Looking in from the outside, if you're a manager, and I mentioned last week, Dover not the most friendliest clubs to other clubs. You might be a little bit reticent to apply for it, but it is a good job. This may galvanise Jim Palmer into a little bit, a new manager coming in and try and get them up the league. Because again, he wants to make sure they're challenging for the playoffs. So it could be good for all parties. So. We'll just have to wait and see. So the next two games are going to be really tough against uh, Emsley and Haven. So if they do well in those games, they might keep the managerial team on. If they don't, there may be a bit of a um, talk of bringing a new manager in. We've had various names. We thought Steve King may be interested. Is he, just, is he you know, ex-Steve, not DLC King. Well, he might be interested, but... Steve King, ex-Dartford, who I know has applied for the job numerous times before. So. Well, so, hang on, the deal Steve King, his uh, his Twitter name is at Crabble King. Yeah, so, you know, he's before. already ready. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, one day maybe he will be ready for that job. But, um, we'll have to wait and see. But it is a good club if if the club is pushing in the right direction. And we'll just wait, wait to see if it is. Oh, well, the Whites are winning, losing at Hungerford on Saturday. The Dartford juggernaut continued with a 3-1 win at Chestnut, making it four wins on the spin. After the game, Matt spoke to winger Luke Coulson. Yeah, really good. Uh, I think we knew it was going to be tough. We knew the conditions were going to be a little bit worse for wear with the pitch and stuff like that. Um, but we've come here, we've done a professional job and uh, we've, we've kicked on again. I have to say, probably people look on paper, you've beaten Ebsley, you'll come and beat this lot. But at the first half hour, it was tough out there for you. I think that's the case in this league a lot of the time though and even the leagues above you have to grind it out sometimes it's not always going to be three goals in 10 minutes against Evsley you know that's that's very rare um, so to come and just kind of wear it and grow into the game and then we can show our quality as you know people become a little bit tired spaces begin, begin to appear and, and that's when we really kind of um, go from strength to strength yeah, Do you think of the Evsley game this is probably more important than those games those have gone you've got to think about the next game coming up Yeah I think it's easy to get up for a big derby with 3,000 fans um, you know, which was amazing in itself but to come away from home and, and have to wear it a little bit and have to perform like that um, you know shows the, shows how, how good we are as a squad at the minute It's been a good couple of weeks for you I know you, we're talking to Matt Martin Tyler and you talk about your numbers your numbers have been good I think three assists on New Year's Day a goal and a couple of assists today so uh, everything's working well for you Yeah um, you know I've I've not, I've not really changed anything I've been doing. It's just obviously the I've been fortunate with with the guys making the runs in the box and you know the, the delivery's been been good and they've been able to to finish it off. So uh, you know yeah, really really pleased with that. You, you, you like looking at your numbers, idea? I think everyone you know keeps a little eye on how many goals they've scored, how many assists. And Do you keep yourself a target for the season? 
I did actually. Uh, my friend, actually, my friend and my brother have set me different targets, but I'll let you know if I hit them. Yeah, you're on the right target though for those targets. Yeah, I'm definitely on the right track now. Yeah. At the top of the table at the moment, five points clear. Teams have games in hand. It's going. There's a long way to go. Would you class yourself as favourites at the moment because you're on the top? I think it's quite difficult to class as favourites at the minute. I mean, you know, Haven't can go above us if they win their games in hand, and so can Ebsley. Um, so, you know, you'd say there's three or four teams, especially with Chelmsford, all in the mix. Um, you know, the confidence in the squad at the minute, you know, gives us a, gives us a leg up, if you like. But Ebsfleet have gone and 1-4-1 today. So you'd like to think maybe they've turned the corner for them. Um, so it is going to be tough, but we've got a big run in and uh, we're definitely going in the right direction. Hemel Hempstead next week at home. They've changed their manager. They've won today. So that's a, another different game to look at. Exactly. You know, and every game's going to give us new problems. Um, you know, and we're going to have to find a solution to it. It was a, We won at their place, but like you've just said, it's going to be a completely different game again. They're going to have confidence. They're going to have a game plan and, and we're going to have to solve it on the day. But we're in a good place. We've got two training sessions this week and hopefully we can kick on. And what's the dressing room like at the moment in there? It must be the confidence must be high. Yeah, we got a few songs for obviously the gaffer. Don't you want me, Alan? Seems to be a, seems to be a keen favourite. Everyone enjoys singing, so oh, we'll keep on singing that and banging the walls every time we win. Well, he's on good form uh, there in the interview, Matt, and, and he's doing well on the pitch as well, isn't he? I, I suppose the question to ask you is, as someone who's seen Dartford three or four times, are they getting better under Alan Dalson as the season goes on? Yeah, I think the first half an hour that game in difficult conditions at Chesham. And probably the um, second best of the game. They got a fortunate own goal, lovely own goal, beautiful header. And then after that, they just sort of went into another gear and they got Coulson. And Coulson, I think he's, well, we know him quite well, lovely player. I think if you put your arm around him and say, you know, you love him, he's going to really run through brick walls for him. He's like that kind of player and he's doing really well. He's, he's a class act at that level. And they've got some good players, Darford, and, and they're on that little bit of a run organised, they can mix it up a little bit when you play Alex Ward up front. No, not the quickest man in the world, but he's an absolute threat up there. You lump it up to him, he's always going to win it and he's going to bully defenders. And maybe that can be the difference that maybe absolutely haven't got the ability to bully teams like Darford bullied them. So, And they've got points in the bag, Darford. Could you see him losing matches? They've been having one, beaten absolutely twice. They're in pole position at the moment and there seems to be a you know, a real good vibe about the club. And when you went to go back to Steve King, whenever you went to see Dartford when Steve King was in charge, there was a sort of murmuring from some of the supporters. They didn't really like the constant turnover of players. And Steve King is not um, not, a, not an effervescent character with the supporters. He just do his job and move on. While Alan Dowson clearly has merged the club together. They've got some good coaching. Martin Tyler, I interviewed the Skyman, very knowledgeable. Um, McCleary's come in, next Millwall and sort of the defence out, and Christian Jolly does all the scouting. So the infrastructure's in place, and they're in a very, very good position at the moment. And you could see you could see why Chesham beat Ebsley and beat Dover recently at home. A tough place to go. You know, they're quite direct, and maybe they bullied those teams, but Darford were easily a match for Chesham. And once they went in front, it was a, an easy game. So points on the board, as we always say in that interview, I think they're... And, I think the consensus from Dartford is catch us if you can. I think that's true. I mean, he, he said, you know, you wouldn't want to say who's favourites there, but it is all about having the points on the board and and that momentum, which uh, of all those teams, they have got that momentum at the moment. And uh, like I say, I think they're they're growing to life under Alan Dowson. As you say, it's all united. It's all together. And um, we've seen, you know, before with Dartford, how they kind of tailed off towards the end. I mean, it was it was... 
really disappointing how their season finished last year. Um, but I think we see with with Alan Dowson, he knows how to get out of this league as well, doesn't he? And and I think that that's going to be uh, that's going to be a crucial thing as, as it goes on. He's got some good, experienced players in there who've been there and done it before. He's also got players who clearly love Dartford in the mix as well. And and I think it's kind of all melded together at just the right time for them. Well, and as Martin Tyler said to me in the other interview that was put on the radio, that Alan Dowson has been promoted with every single club he's managed, which is about four or five clubs. So clearly he knows the back end of the season, how to get them over the line. And that's been Dartford's problem. They've been in such good positions for the last four or five seasons. They've been in this division about eight years, I think it is now. And probably seven out of those eight years, probably going into April, you think you're going to get promoted and it hasn't happened. And maybe that extra experience... Um, and maybe the hurt that the likes of Bonner, et cetera, have gone through, that could be the catalyst to take them over the take, take them over the line. Two home games coming up. Definitely seems a good vibe about the place. Uh, again, there will be twists and turns in this division going forward, but it, it's looking good for them. Uh, they keep players fit and the ability you can get players in, loans from Football League Club, which I think is better. Um, they, 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 yeah, they're in a good position at the moment, Dartford. So... Um, I know the, the Dartford fan that I'm, I work with is very happy. And when Steve King was in charge, he wasn't very happy, even though they were winning matches. Yes, as Luke said there, Ebsfleet got back to winning ways with a 4 and win over Weymouth. While there was disappointment for the other two sides uh, in that division, Tunbridge Angels let a three-goal lead slip as they were held at home by Sloughtown, uh, while Welling went down to a 3-2 defeat at Worthing. Uh, this weekend, Dartford host Hemel Hempstead. Angels go to St Albans and Welling face Dulwich. While there's a Kent Derby at Crabble which I'm sure my co-host is really looking forward to. Uh, Dover against Ebsfleet. I bet you're really glad they found some form, eh? Yeah, I think um, it's a good test for Dover. Um, I would have thought if Dover could bully them in some ways, but I don't think they've got the players to bully them. Um, yeah, I think it could be a tough afternoon for Dover. It depends. In the games, um, the league game, Dartford, uh, Ebsfleet were considerably better than them. Um and, I, and I'm led to believe the cup game I was with as well, it was the same. So it um, could be a difficult afternoon for Dover. But so there we go, new manager, new ideas, see what happens. Uh, there's some games on Tuesday night as well. Welling go to Chessant and uh, Ebsfleet Art home to Chelmsford from a Kent perspective. Uh, let's move down to the Southern Kent's East League. We're about to hear from a man who's led his side to consecutive goalless draws after his recent appointment. And don't worry, I will take him to task on that one. Uh, but in all seriousness, Dan Lawrence, a former Canterbury City captain, has been appointed as the club's new manager with City, currently playing at Sittingbourne, bottom of the scaffold. Uh, they've drawn nil-nil with both Lordswood and Holmesdale so far. And earlier on today, I spoke to Dan. Uh, yeah, it's been manic. Um, yeah, we went went in uh, after the Whitsville game on the 27th, uh, was official. And then, yeah, two two and a bit weeks of, uh, yeah, just trying to um, get some players in and trim down some numbers and, yeah, um, trying to get a bit of confidence and fun back in the side. Yeah, so it's been, uh, been a manic couple of weeks, really. You've started with a couple of nil-nil draws. It's not very scaffold friendly. We like goals in the scaffold. But <laughs> I, I suppose stop, yeah. stopping the rot uh, and, and keeping clean sheets is, is the first thing you wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say I intentionally went in and said, right, we need to just hunker down and stop conceding goals. But, um, yeah, I think it's quite evident. You look at some of the previous results of Canterbury at times, conceding eights and tens and... Um, 
yeah, it sounds a bit cliche, but you know, if you don't see goals, you don't lose lose games. So we sort of went in there and just tried to add a bit more energy, a bit more purpose to to how we defend. And um, Lordswood, I think we deserved the clean sheet. Uh, Holmesdale, I've got to be honest, was a little bit lucky. Uh, yeah, lucky they missed a goal where they hit the bar and had some good chances. Um, so a little bit lucky to keep the clean sheet there, but um, yeah, we we'll take it. So it's hopefully a solid foundation to build on. Exactly, that that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, obviously you're bottom of the league, you, you've got to build on it, but you've also, I guess, you've got to start picking up points quickly. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the difficult thing. So when you go into a side, there's a certain way I like to play, and um, that takes time to get the team playing that way. So it's a it's a mixture of trying to change the philosophy a little bit, but try and get in some results. So it's a um, it's a difficult task. We only train once a week as well, so it's, um, a lot of what we're doing is over text message and, and sending out different sort of ideas on how we want to play. Um, but yeah, like I said the toughest part is is trying to get instant results because we can't spend sort of a month trying used to how we play and lose games because yeah, we are not times not on our side, shall we say? And, and it doesn't, I suppose, get any easier with Phoenix Sports on Saturday. No, yeah, it's probably yeah between them and here of the two sides don't want to play at the minute. Although they lost last night, which probably didn't do us any favours because judging from the uh, the reaction, I don't think they're too happy with uh, the performance. So no doubt there'll be a, a reaction on Saturday. But um, yeah, I, I don't like to use the term of a free hit, but when I've gone in now, looked at the fixtures that I think that we can that are winnable, um, and anything we get from the rest is a bonus. Um, that's not to say we're going there just going to try and shut up and stop and steal so we'll try and play our game but um, I think we have to be realistic and, and target certain features to try and get them points and anything else is a bonus obviously um, you were, I think Saturday's one of them you were, a, you were a player at Canterbury it's obviously a club that, that means a lot to you as well how was now the right time for you to, to step into the dugout yeah, so obviously I was playing last year and when uh, Chris stepped down last year, me and my assistant Sam took it for, for three or four games and it's a, it gave me the bug and I remember Sam saying to me, once you, once you stepped into the dugout, it's difficult to step away and um, we did put our names in the hat for it last year and wanted to carry on to build on what we had started. Um, but for one reason or another, they went with Keith, uh, which obviously hasn't worked out. And the chairman gave me a call once Keith stepped down and, and asked if I'd be interested. And it's something I've always wanted to do. And, and yeah, like I said, luckily it's a club that between Canterbury and Herne Bay is where I spent most of my playing days. So it does mean a lot to me. And if, if we can keep them up this year, that will be a, a serious achievement, I think. It's obviously so difficult as well, isn't it? Because always with Canterbury, the elephant in the room is, is, is that you're not in Canterbury. Yeah, yeah, and even more so. I mean, to Faversham last year, you got away with because it's only 15, 20 minutes outside. But sitting born and where the ground's situated is not ideal. We, no, we don't get a massive following, but the small number of fans that did come along find it quite difficult to get to. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one. Uh, hopefully that will change. But, I mean, managers and chairman have been saying that for, for many years now. So, so let's see on that one. It is, it is one of those things. Man, I, I'm I'm from that area myself. You know, I went to school in Canterbury, and, and it, it I just find it baffling that there isn't a, a base for the club within the, within the city. It's, it, it's it must be so frustrating for, for for you guys. It's frustrating for me, and I don't really have any aff- affiliation to the club. So for you, it must be it must be awful. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy, especially considering you see what what clubs that that do have. I mean, obviously the the Primaries made so when they got their stadium and the following they got. Um, it is it's a crazy situation, and uh, hopefully there is something in the pipeline that's probably got more promise than it ever has done. 
um, for maybe in a few years we might see that but it's going to be difficult for the club to build until they are back in Canterbury and can start you know building that following again and start gaining some traction um, so until that, until that decision is made I think it's just a case of trying to survive and keep it in the league and, and take over because there's, there's not money there it's difficult to get sponsorship when you haven't got your own ground so um, yeah we're not working with, with a lot in terms of budget it's just a case of trying to call in some favours for the players that I've played with or know and Sam's got some really good contacts in uh, sort of ex-academy players and maybe some people that have fallen out of love with the game and just enjoy it and that's what we've tried to target really with the people we brought in and just finally uh, it, it doesn't look great at the moment the league table but from the sounds of it you, you think there's a chance you can get you can turn it around yeah yeah I mean I'm under no pressure from the chairman. Obviously, he would love to stay up, but he made it quite clear in the chat that this is a, a longer-term project and if, if we did go down, my job would be on the line. So um, he's hoping to build something, but I, I mean, so I put an element of pressure on ourselves to, to survive it. He's a big ask and it's a big task. And uh, First full-time job in senior football, it couldn't be a bigger task for me. But, um, yeah, I believe in it and the players we brought in and, you know, we're trying to make it as professional as we can and, yeah, when it's a, it's a big ask, but we're not a million miles off. We just need to start getting some points quickly and get on a little bit of a run, and and then who knows? I mean, you look at Lordswood last year; you thought they were down and out, and they started putting a few results together and scraped through on the final day. So hopefully, that's something we can do, and then and then build on it from from the summer onwards. So we will see. Well, we know it's a tough job, Matt, but in Dan Lawrence there, they've definitely got a man who will leave, I, I think, no stone unturned to bring stability and success to that club. Yeah, I think, as you mentioned, it's in his sort of his DNA of where um, what he's been doing, captain when they got to the um, final semi-final a couple of years ago. Um, it, it's a difficult task for him to go in, but starting with the basics, 2-0-0, John, I know you've criticised him for that, but... They've still got friendly, a chance. Friend, friendly teasing, I'd say, rather. Yeah, than yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think you've got to start the basics to see if they can get out of the the hole in. And he said, when you're conceding tens in bits of games, it can be difficult to get the basics right. And he's clearly got the basics right. Brought in a few new players, and see what it goes from there. I don't think they're in a too much. There's still a lot of games to go, isn't it? 17 games to go. If we can get the players working in the right direction, there's no reason why they can't try and move up the table a little bit. So I don't think it's all doom and gloom now. If they had 10 games to go, you'd be a little bit concerned. But um, well, and clearly, from listening to that interview, he's going to give it as much as he can. But until Canterbury, as we've said, it's always time to complete the programme. Until they can get back to the, the county town, it's always going to be difficult. But um, clearly, he's he's got his ideas how he can improve the team. It was interesting, actually, there, because we've, we've talked, obviously, a lot about the difficulties that they face of, of, of where they are. But you don't think about these other the, the other factors, do you, that the things like the sponsorship that, you, that it's harder to get when you're not in the town and, and you know, everything like that. You know, you always think, oh, it's a, it's a schlep for the fans to go there. But it is the bigger picture of having your own place to play and everything like that. And, you know, with with and it's all, you know, I kind of hate it when it comes into political things, but, but that's what it's going to boil down to. And, and you know, Canterbury... City Council. I think the elections are in May this year, um, from my knowledge of it. And and you know they may well get a different, um, a different gov- a different local council um, regime there, and then it may all change again for them. Um, I, I just hope that whoever 
does come out and talk about it, actually wants to bring Canterbury City back to the city because it is, it is important, you know, and if there is a way they can find something and, and, and maybe share something with the rugby club who are also successful, then that would be great for everybody. Um, but it's just a matter of, you know, that they, they need that base. And, and, you know, Dan says there that he's under no pressure to, to keep them up. I'm sure, I know he would love to keep them up from, from that conversation. But, you know, the, the club seems to want to be stable at the moment. And, and, and that's the key thing. But the ultimate thing is they need that base. And, you know, if they're a more successful football team, then they're more inclined to get what they need from, from the city of Canterbury, aren't they? Yeah, I wonder if you went to a straw poll in the Canterbury City High Street and said, does Canterbury City have a football club? I'd be interested to know how many people actually said, oh, I've got no idea. And probably a lot of them wouldn't do. And, that, and that's the problem they've got because they've got a good, you know, good, you know, amount of people living in Canterbury. Um, you've got a good student. So if you get it right, you can beat people attracting it um, to come and watch them. You know, the rugby team is very successful. You know, a lot of people um, in Canterbury go and watch the cricket. So it's, 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 a, it's a sport in town. And I would have thought that they could probably be successful. But again, it's, as you say, it's getting people to know that if, if you haven't got a town team playing there and the sponsors aren't getting involved, how you can get it. So we saw that with Maidstone. Once you do get that, they were getting the diehards who go every week, 200, 300. And when they get back to the, the city itself, you watch them rise. And if they could get that right, that could be the way forward, way going for Canterbury. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the whole Woodstock Park thing is not helping uh, at all. I mean, we, we, we talk from a Sittingbourne point of view, who are, who are in Sittingbourne, and it's a difficult place to get to. Um, if, if you're watching, you know, if, if you if you live in Sittingbourne, it's not an easy place to get to. You add in the fact that you've got to get from Canterbury as well. I mean, I've just put it in Google Maps. Public transport to get from Canterbury to Woodstock Park right now, an hour and 43 minutes. Yeah. You've got to get a train and a bus. You know, it's, it's it's not really, well, it kind of beggars belief, really, that, that it's such a difficult thing to get to because getting people in is, is the thing you always need, isn't it? And and they can't, and it's, you're looking at the best part of two hours each way if you want to go on public transport. If you want to go by the car, what's that going to take you? Let's have a look as well. 37 minutes. You know, it's 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 a big commitment to want to go and watch Canterbury City every week at the moment if you, if you live in Canter- Canterbury, and that's part of the problem. Uh, until they until they can do that, they're always going to be struggling, and they might stay up this season. Um, but again, every sort of season, you think they would be, have problems um, going forward. So yeah, until that happens, they will have problems. Uh, let's have a look at the rest of the results in the scaffold over the weekend uh, on Saturday. Uh, Deal Town won, Punjab United won. A bit of a blip for Deal at the moment. Not ideal with their big FA Vars game this weekend. Uh, Fisher beat Beersted 1-0. Uh, Beersted now second from bottom in the table. It was Hollands and Blair 3, Rustle 3. Uh, Hollands and Blair were 2-0 up inside 11 minutes there. Uh, but two second half penalties got Rustle a point. As we've already heard, it was Holmesdale nil, Canterbury City nil. Phoenix Sports uh, 2-1 winners over K-Sports. Kennington had a great result as they won 6-0 at Stansfeld. It was Sutton Athletic 3, Lordswood 1. Uh, no goals as well between Tunbridge Wells and Irith Town as Tunbridge Wells finally played at home. Uh, Whitsaltown, a good win for them, 4-1 uh, over Glebe. It was the Scaffold Challenge Cup uh, on Tuesday night where Fisher beat Phoenix Sports. Fit Kennington hit five against Faversham Strike Force. Uh, Punjab United 4-2 winners at SC Thamesmead. And Beersted went through on penalties after a 1-1 draw at Whitstall Town. Uh, fixtures this weekend, as I've just said there, FA Vars coming up 
uh, for Deal and for Irith Town, both on the road. Irith Town head to Bridgewater over in Somerset and Deal Town head to Wiltshire where they will take on Corsham. Uh, and then in the scaffold itself, it's Canterbury against Phoenix Sports. As we mentioned, a two o'clock kickoff that one uh, at Woodstock Park. It's Glebe against Homesdale. K-Sports take on Fisher. Kennington host Irith and Belvedere. Another two o'clock kickoff is Punjab meet Hollands and Blair. Rustall against Sutton Athletic, Wellingtown are home to Tunbridge Wells, and it's Whitstall against Stansfeld. And then on Tuesday night, there is a handful of fixtures uh, in that division. Uh, Beerstead at home to Irith Town, it's Glebe against Rustall, Lordswood against Kennington, Sutton Athletic against Punjab United, and Tunbridge Wells take on Irith and Belvedere. Uh, Lordswood as well, Matt, uh, another managerial change this week, Richard Dimmock, who did a great job keeping him up last year, he's moved on. Uh, Jason Lillis has come back in as director of football, and he says his first task is to get a new manager in. Um, it's not been a great season for Lordswood. They, they, they found it tough going a, a, again. Um, and, and I suppose it's, it's just difficult for them, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, Jason Lewis um, been around the house, isn't he? Always around the scaffold area, gone into the football league. Oh, sorry, Maidstone and places. So I think he's been there before. So knows how the club works. Yeah, it, it's it's a strange division, really, that scaffold this season with everything Belvedere running away everybody else can seem to beat everybody else so you know you get a couple of wins on the board you're going to be moving up the table so maybe they feel a new change of manager get it in and they can move higher up the tables and maybe get into those those playoff places for second place so there's still a lot to play for even though the title's gone but yeah it's a strange division this season for them so you've still got a chance to be successful if you get it right still yeah, we should also mention as well on Tuesday night, uh, Matt, the London Senior Cup, uh, where Irith and Belvedere were in action uh, against Brentford's B team. Uh, record attendance at that one for Irith and Belvedere, 553, uh, because there was a chap called Beckham, uh, one on the pitch and one in the stands as well. Uh, Romeo made his debut for the Bees uh, as a second half substitute, uh, while David came along to watch. Uh, a great night for Irith and Belvedere. I think it was their biggest crowd ever at Parkview Road. Um, so fantastic for them. The only disappointment is probably that they were 2-1 up uh, with two minutes to go and lost 3-2. But uh, a, a, a night to remember. And, and do you know what? Uh, where I was working last night, they certainly, I'm sure the name Irith and Belvedere appeared in the national newspaper in the, 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 this morning. He's put them on the map a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah, David Beckham's um, um, interesting. I think he came off the bench, didn't he? Um, to, do a, to do a job from there. And he came on and did a job. So, yeah, interesting to see how he gets on, really. So, yeah. Um, but great for everything Belvedere. I know a couple of the players are tweeting out that David Beckham watched them. So uh, highlighted their uh, careers, careers as well, I would have thought. And good to see that David Beckham's um, how, looking to uh, do well for his uh, uh, his son as well. So, yeah, we just to see how, where his career goes. Romeo himself. As there's a couple of, there's loads of gags on social media, isn't there? When um, Brentford B, Romeo, what shirt are you wearing? Romeo, yeah, Romeo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very, very dull ones, but I think they're quite funny. Romeo Dunn. Yep. <laughs> um, so the first division results at, at the weekend, it was Brighton Ropes nil, Staples Monarchs nil, uh, Lockford and New High 2-1 winners at Croydon, uh, Meridian VP 2-1 winners at Faversham Strike Force, a hat-trick of penalties for Tom Reardon uh, as Greenways beat SC Thamesby by four goals to two, AFC Whiteleaf won 2-1 at Lewisham Borough, Lidtown 2-0 winners over Forest Hill Park, Snodland Town 5-0 uh, winners over Bermondsey Town, a hat-trick in that one uh, for Regan Cork, uh, and tooting back to Rochester United 2, a last-minute goal uh, for the home side in that one. Uh, fixtures this weekend, AFC Whiteleaf against Lidtown, Bermondsey Town at home to Greenways, 
FC Elmsted take on Lewisham Borough. It's Forest Hill Park against Croydon. Rudy and VP against Brydon Ropes. Snodland Town take on Faversham Strike Force. Uh, Sporting Club Thamesmead against Larkfield and New Hyde. And Staplehurst Monarchs United against Tooting Beck. Unless we move on to the Eastman League. And we'll start actually in the South East Division, Matt, where uh, another managerial change. It probably wasn't a shock. Uh, that Nick Davis parted ways with Sitting Warren after their uh, wretched run of form. They were beaten at home by Whitehawk uh, on Saturday, but in the stands uh, that day and now in the job as manager is Ryan Maxwell, formerly of Braintree. Uh, and nice to see, Matt, an appointment from outside the county, I suppose. And, and you know, Sitting Warren, obviously, they know they need to improve. They, they are uh, in a pretty disappointing position at the bottom of the table for the for the money that they've spent on their team this season and they'll be hoping that a manager with experience at a higher level can really turn them around yeah it's 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 an interesting one because i think maxwell did a job at braintree so he's come in there a good appointment for um for sitting wrong but they need to pick up big game this weekend they've got against ramsgate um be interesting to see what he does does he bring in players from essex where he's based before but it's an interesting appointment I think Ryan Maxwell could um, really, uh, I like it because it's uh, an appointment that's outside the norm. Um, I've seen Chase Studdart's gone in as assistant manager. Blimey, I haven't heard that name for a while. Um, Billy, Billy McMahon as well, he rings a bell, that name. So, But yeah, it's a, it's a, an appointment that we didn't see coming, but City Boy needs to start winning some matches. So um, it's, a, it's a good role for him and we'll keep an eye out for him as well, I thought. Yes, and hopefully we'll be able to get him on the show sooner rather than later. Uh, in looking at the results at the weekend, it was Ashford 3, Burgess Hill 2, uh, Beckenham 4-0 winners over Lansing as they bounced back from their defeat uh, at Seven Oaks. Chatham continued their 100% home record with a 1-0 win over East Grinstead. Uh, Sheffield United 2-0 winners at Chichester. Uh, Cray Valley beat the leaders, Ramsgate by two goals to nil. Uh, VCD got a 1-1 draw at Hayward Heath. Uh, Sitting Moore lost 2-0 to, at home to Whitehawk. And the game between Littlehampton and Faversham. Littlehampton took the lead. Faversham hit back and scored twice to lead 2-1, which would have been a much-needed win for Sammy Moore and his side. And then the game was abandoned due to a unplayable waterlogged pitch. Uh, even worse news for Corinthian because that unplayable waterlogged pitch magicked itself to be playable in time for Tuesday night. Uh, and Littlehampton were 5-1 winners over Corinthian in that game. Corinthian did miss a penalty in that one uh, at 3-0, but... Uh, not a great result for them. I mean, that was their game in hand on the teams above them as well. And having just picked that, having turned the corner a little bit, I'm sure they'll be very disappointed to have lost that one. Uh, fixtures in the Isthmian League Southeast over the weekend. It's Corinthian against Beckenham Town. Cray Valley had to head to East Grinstead. Uh, Faversham take on Chatham. It's Ramsgate against Sittingbourne. Seven Oaks against Ashford. Sheffield United at home to Hythe Town. VCD host three bridges. And then in midweek, uh, we have got Faversham go to Haywards Heath. It's Hyde against Burgess Hill. Sittingbourne at home to East Grinstead and Sheppey United head to three bridges. Uh, that just leaves Faversham against the... Chatham. That'd be a good game, John. Faversham against Chatham. Faversham, Chatham, brilliant at home. Not great away from home. And Faversham have got to win. So something's got to give there, I would have thought. Chatham, if they want to get, you know, win the league, they've got to start their, improving their away form after their magnificent home form. And, Faversham need to win points as well. Should be an interesting game, that one. That's yes. a stand out on time. And Ramsgate, it's some good, some good, some good matches. Every, you know, it's the uh, Eastman League such a good division. It's some cracking matches there. Yes, absolutely fantastic. And the league they all want to be in, uh, those teams, is the Eastman League Premier Division. And uh, 
Not a bad weekend, actually. Cray, Cray Wanderers held to a 1-1 draw uh, at Canvey Island, but Herne Bay got a much-needed win as they beat Bowers and Pitsy 3-1. Uh, Folks and Victor Tuna winners at, at Wingate and Finchley Margate. Well, the new manager certainly bringing goals as it finished 3-3 in their game with Brighton Sea Region before they then lost 4-3 in the Velocity Trophy uh, on Tuesday night. And, and again, Matt, I think thing all isn't well at Margate, but you know, there seems to be a little bit of division there and and they just need to pick up a couple of results. But at least they're scoring goals, I suppose. You can't complain that you're not entertained if you're going along to Hartsdown Park at the moment. Yeah, would they... Interesting to see where they go from a, from a managerial point. Do they keep the guys they've had before, got now, Greenhow and Prestige, or do they try and get another manager in? It would be interesting to see what happens there for Margate. Um, I've heard a few rumours that people have been interviewed for the job or were going for interviews. Um, um, see what happens when they from there. But yeah, Margate very up and down. Thought they might do. They got. Is that the league competition they got to the final last season? It is. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll be disappointed about that. And so. instantly, Chatham were at home to Cash Orton in that on Tuesday night's one. They won five 0 So uh, they they win anything at home. Uh, yeah, yeah brilliant. <laughs> it's a shame all those FA Cup ties were away, weren't they? Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, fixtures this weekend in the Ismini Premier Division. Uh, folks are at home to Billericay on Saturday. Margate travel to Horsham. Herne Bay go to Kingstonian uh, with Cray Wanderers in action on Sunday when they take on Bishop Stortford. Bishop Stortford then face Herne Bay uh, on Tuesday night. And folks are at home to Enfield. Uh, that's pretty much it for the football chat. Um, well, one thing I will say, John. Yes. Now we seem to be losing managers left, mm. right and centre. Apart from uh, Michael Golding at Corinthian, he's probably the longest serving man. Would Dennis Catree be our next long-serving manager anywhere? I'm trying to think. I would guess so. must, how, many, how many teams have changed their manager, not including the scaffold this season, but all the other leagues? A lot. Almost all of them. I mean, yeah. apart from... Oh, every, all of our teams in the Eastman League uh, Premier, apart from Craig Wanderers, have changed their manager. And they changed the manager at the back end of last season. Yeah. Um, or... T- Jay Saunders was new in at Tunbridge Angels. Maidstone, Dover. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. I, I, you're probably right. Dennis Katrib is probably one of our longest serving managers now. And he's only yes. been in the job for a couple of years. It's incredible. Yeah, and yeah. Michael Golden wearing that badge with pride of being the longest serving manager uh, in the county. I yeah, it's been crazy though, you know, isn't it really? Um, the days of long serving managers, you know, in, in any level of football seems to have disappeared. So, um, yeah, absolutely... Well, I couldn't believe it. There's not a programme we don't do where somebody's got sacked, is there? Not at the program. moment. No, absolutely yeah. not. Uh, what's anything going to tell you? We watched a programme called Romantic Getaway uh, on Sky. It's with uh, it's a, a comedy with uh, Ramesh Ranganathan and Catherine Ryan. Um, and they steal some money um, from somewhere and uh, uh, to try and fund some IVF. And we, we sort of binged sort of four episodes of that quite quickly. And we're watching Bad Sisters as well on Apple TV. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, Bad Sisters is good. We, yeah, we so the Bad Sisters one is we've seen it used to be in Belgium, the Belgian version of it. So I knew what was going on. All right. That, that is quite good. Yeah. Funny enough, um, as I've been sort of um, indisposed the last couple of days, I've watched a few things on um, iPlay. And one of those programmes is Pulley, which is a year, a very old comedy from about 15 years ago. And it's got Sharon Horgan in it. All right. I remember yep. watching the time. This program, I quite enjoyed it. It's it's very 2006 sort of thing. Um, if you know a comedy, Sharon Hawkins, Sharon yeah. you'll like it. So I've been watching that, which is 
quite a good program, and, and, I, and I quite do like Sharon Hawkins' um, stuff. So, um, it's so, much, so that, much. There's so much stuff on, like new stuff on at the moment. There's all these TV programs, like loads of cooking programs. I'm, I'm surprised it's not like a Greek feast drop-off program or something like that. You know, with all sorts of things going on at the moment. It's, it's just coming at you a million miles an hour when you work evenings like i do it's so hard to keep up with it all and of course obviously if you have a rubbish telly that doesn't record it doesn't make your life any easier um but yes uh yeah i'm hoping to find some 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 good things there's to loads for us to what i just need to get back on it because um you know, we've got a lot to catch up on so uh, absolutely you need to have about three weeks of just sitting there watching but you know uh, I, 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 I will we will wrap this up shortly but do you know what i'm going to really annoy everybody now because you know it's cold it's been wet it's been miserable and everything like that i put holiday to the sun so I'm, I'm in 25 days i'm going away for a week so that's going to be uh very nice so just to, going? i'm going to paphos in cyprus so. oh right because we are looking um holidays for the summer and we're thinking we might go to greece i've never been to greece i love greece yeah so, we'll, we'll talk about it off the air but we'll uh we'll, I'll, I'll give you some recommendations uh, but yeah so that's, <laughs> i think that's where the kids would like to go there and i think it's uh greece could be the the, the, the summer holiday in the summer i think so lovely very nice well yeah we're looking forward to going to, to cyprus so it's going to be very very good anyway thank you everybody for listening to this week's show uh, you can find us on social media on twitter uh, although they've got a really annoying update that's done my head in this morning. Uh, oh, I saw that. Yeah, hang on, going back to that. Yeah, you, you can see stuff you've got, you don't, you don't want to see and what you want to see, isn't it? Yeah, well, basically it defaults to these are things you want to see, that we think we might want you to see rather than the things you've actually chosen that you want to see morons um but yeah so that's annoying but you can find us on there at kent nl podcast before it all blows up in a fit of ugh. Uh, i'm at john phipps 81 matt is at matthew underscore gerard uh, you can also find us on facebook search for kent non-league podcast uh, thank you everybody for listening to the show thanks to our guests uh, for their time good luck to everybody this weekend especially our two sides in the fa vars and we'll speak to you all next week on the kent non-league podcast so just to confirm i will not be applying for the daily job even though my daughter said i could probably do it